This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, Toyota and Daimler merge their truck making businesses. NVIDIA's stock surges close to a trillion dollars. And Canada gives GM $220 million in support for an EV battery plant. Plus, we'll hear from the head of Ford Blue, Kumar Galhotra, who says the automaker's internal combustion business will keep growing for several more years despite the influx of EVs. We are a growth business because of the strength of our portfolio. Our key products are sold out. Bronco is in very high demand. Maverick is in very high demand. F-150s are doing fantastic. We're actually going to add capacity for a lot of these products. That's what makes it a growth business in the short term. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Toyota plans to merge its troubled truck-making subsidiary, Hino Motors, with the Daimler-owned heavy truck rival, Mitsubishi Fuso, to jointly develop advanced technologies. The automakers say the merger will be on, quote, equal footing. Toyota and Daimler will invest equally in the holding company of the merged truck makers and support the development of hydrogen, autonomous, connected, and electrified technologies. Hino Motors and Mitsubishi Fuso Truck and Bus will collaborate on commercial vehicle development, procurement, and production to form a globally competitive Japanese truck maker. Southeast Asia will be a particular focus of joint operations. From its beginnings as a provider of high-performance graphics processing power for video games, NVIDIA has become one of the most valuable companies in the world. It is now playing a central role in ushering in an artificial intelligence era across industries. The company works with several global automakers, such as BYD, Mercedes-Benz, and BMW. It saw its stock surge 24% last Thursday, adding $184 billion to its value. That was after a positive revenue outlook based on artificial intelligence advances. It's one of the largest one-day gains in value for a company in history, and it places NVIDIA's market capitalization at nearly $939 billion. That surge continued Friday, with shares rising another 2.5%, pushing the market capitalization past $963 billion. The increase extends NVIDIA far ahead of computing competitors like Qualcomm, worth approximately $122 billion, and Intel, which is valued at about $119 billion. Canadian and provincial governments have disclosed the financial toll paid to attract a significant piece of the electric vehicle battery supply chain to the Quebec city of Bécancour. Between the two levels of government, General Motors will get the equivalent of about $220 million U.S. million for its planned battery materials plant. That's about half of the total estimated project costs for the facility, which is already under construction. The U.S. automaker and its South Korea-based joint venture partner, Posco Future M, chose the city on the south shore of the St. Lawrence River to build the new plant last March. 
And Stellantis has appointed Amir Ahmed to lead the Fiat brand in North America. Ahmed is a former Fiat Chrysler Automobiles marketer who went on to work for Amazon and Harman International. Stellantis says the move is effective immediately. Ahmed assumes the responsibility from Larry Dominique, who had been leading Fiat in addition to his role as senior vice president for Alfa Romeo in North America. Ahmed will take the reins of a brand that has had difficulty getting traction in the U.S. Fiat currently sells only the 500X here and plans to reintroduce an electric version of the 500 in 2024. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, NVIDIA has always been known for its video game chips. What is their role in the automotive industry? You know, it's interesting. NVIDIA does a lot of different things for the auto automakers. A lot of it kind of quiet, but uh, but it is a variety of things. You know, just at CES, they launched a new video game streaming service, uh, but they also provide a lot of back office support, like data storage uh, for automakers. Uh, they do uh, these digital twins, which are sort of a, a metaverse kind of digital recreation of, say, a factory. And they that will allow the automakers to play with designs for, you know, factory uh, layout, how the assembly line is going to work. And they can, you know, test that if, if the model is done well enough, they can really see what can work best, what's going to be most efficient without all the time and expense of building the assembly line out and then having to find where the bottlenecks are. Finally, this uh, AI stuff that has investors all excited, you know, that's going to be really important for automated driving or even just for the advanced driver assistance systems that are kind of the, the building blocks of autonomous driving. You know, really helps to have that computing power and NVIDIA's got it. Interesting stuff. Coming up, a conversation with Ford Blue President Kumar Galhotra. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. It's been nearly 16 months since Ford split into separate business units for its electric and gasoline-powered vehicles. The company recently restructured its earnings reports to give more insight into the profits and losses for each unit, and in doing so, confirmed what many had long believed. Its internal combustion business is making most of the profits, while EVs are deep in the red. 
Despite the strong bottom line in the traditional business called Ford Blue, challenges remain. The company is looking to remove billions in costs that are preventing it from making even more money. Kumar Galhotra, president of Ford Blue, said the company is making progress on those cost-cutting plans, but has more work to do. Galhotra spoke with automotive news reporter Michael Martinez for our Talk from the Top series of conversations with industry leaders, which you can read at autonews.com. Here's a piece of their conversation. Kumar, thanks again for joining me and doing this. First question for you is just kind of in general, you know, we were more than a year out since you guys separated the businesses into the distinctive units. What is the state of the Ford Blue business today? Uh, Blue's doing great. We have uh, one of the freshest uh, portfolios in the industry. Uh, Our sales are off to a fantastic start. We're so far... Uh, year-to-date, best-selling brand in the U.S., best-selling pickup maker globally. We've launched the Ranger now in our uh, international markets. Uh, We are in the middle of launch in our South Africa plant and South America plant. Uh, And Ranger in the markets it's launched is doing absolutely fantastic. It's doing great in Australia, doing uh, great in uh, Thailand. So great portfolio, fresh portfolio, sales off to a great start. So Great start to the year. I know you guys have referred to it as a, a growth business. I'm wondering, you know, as specific as you can be, how much longer do you think it could be a growth business given that EVs, you know, continue to inch up in terms of market share? You guys have made some big commitments. Others have made big commitments as well. Do you foresee a point where that tips to the EV side in the near future? So uh, let's let's break it down in different windows of time because it is a transition and transitions take time and the transitions are going to happen differently by segment and by region. So we are a growth business because of the strength of our portfolio. Our key products are sold out. Bronco is in very high demand. Maverick is in very high demand. F-150s are doing fantastic. Uh, F-150 is actually up over 20% year over year so far. So we're actually going to add capacity for a lot of these products. That's what makes it a growth business in the short term. We're, we also have a portfolio that is less exposed to this transition to EV than some of our competitors because of the type of products we have in our portfolio. You know, Bronco is an awesome off-road vehicle, and our Bronco customers are actually using it to truly go off-road uh, go into the desert, go into territories where you don't see a lot of EV chargers, for example. So that segment is going to move a little slower into uh, EV transition. Our pickup trucks, similarly, a lot of the pickup truck owners travel long distances and they tow a lot. Uh, so until the EV range with towing improves substantially, and there's a much broader network of chargers. Customers are going to continue to buy our ICE pickups and HE hybrid pickups that we make. Also, from a geography perspective, I just mentioned the Ranger. The Ranger is doing fantastic. And 70% of the Rangers are sold in countries where the EV infrastructure is not ready yet for rapid uh, transition. So based on geography, based on uh, the strength of our portfolio, I think we're less exposed. Uh, Ford Blue is less exposed than some of our competitors. 
Now, as you mentioned, over time, will uh, ice volumes decline? Clearly. We know that's the reality. Uh, you know, uh, we embrace that reality. And for us, I believe it'll be sometime after 2025. But even when that happens, like I said, it'll be very unique by segment and by geography. And there are other parts of our business like FCSD that will still grow and continue. I have a lot of opportunity to grow for years to come because there are going to be tens of millions of ICE and hybrid vehicles that will continue to wear the, the Ford badge around the world uh, that we can capitalize on. So still, still a lot of runway left for Ford Blue. Internally, do you guys see opportunity to gain market share against some of your competitors who maybe have a more aggressive EV timeline or, or have declared they're going all EV maybe at a faster rate? Is that an opportunity for you to maybe pick off some sales and share on the ice side against them? Yes, uh, and it's uh, happening. Uh, we grow grew our share in the U.S. a full percentage point last year. So far this year, we've already grown another third of a point, uh, which is very substantial. Bronco is doing fantastic. Bronco actually outsold uh, the Wrangler in retail last quarter. Ranger in key markets like Australia and Thailand has had substantial gains uh, in share uh, last few quarters since we launched the new one. Uh, and there are going to be other segments where the, the new Mustang is coming, and I fully expect us to grow share uh, in that segment. So, yes, uh, I believe our strategy of both uh, a very clear strategy on Model E, on BEVs, but this very cool portfolio of, of ICE and HEV vehicles uh, gives us the opportunity to grow. Does the Ford Blue team feel pressure in terms of you know the, a lot of these profits that you guys are making are necessary to fund everything else that's happening in EVs and mobility? Is, is there an added layer of pressure knowing that in a way you guys are sort of propping up you know, the other sides in the beginning until they really get their legs under them? Let's just uh, look at, again, back to our portfolio. Think of our products and how iconic they are. You get to work on very few products that are truly part of the cultural fabric. Products like the Mustang, the Bronco, the F-150. So uh, our team is thoroughly enjoying working on those great products and creating new versions of those products, both in terms of modern versions of those icons, as well as derivatives off of those icons, and making healthy profits in the process. Uh, are those profits necessary to, to fund the future of the enterprise? Absolutely. Do I see it as pressure? It's challenging, but it's challenging for multiple reasons. One big challenge is we're trying to transform the entire company. But I would argue that it is more fun at the moment than challenging to get this done. As a manager of people on this part of the business, how has it been, you know, since the split? Is there, you know, you wonder if maybe there's envy from one side to the other. Hey, you know, the EV guys get to work with all the, the cool new tech or if there's, you know, again, just feelings of, of concern or pressure or whatever you want to call it between the units. Have you noticed that at all? If so, how do you manage that? First of all, like I said, the products our teams work on are so cool and iconic and cool uh, and, and amazing. 
that teams are excited to work on them. I want to clarify how Team Blue and Team Modely and Team Pro work together. Team Blue, Ford Blue, for example, has some parts to it that are exclusively Ford Blue. By that, I mean uh, our products, uh, ICE and HEV products. But Ford Blue also has a large team that serves the entire enterprise. For example, manufacturing is part of Ford Blue, but it manufactures vehicles for obviously for Blue, but also for Pro and for Model E. Our Ford customer service division is part of Ford Blue, and that serves the entire enterprise. Uh, the customer experience team is part of Ford Blue, but serves the entire enterprise. Similarly, on Model E, they're, of course, designing really cool products for uh, uh, really cool BEV products. Uh, and they're also working on really cool software. But that software serves the entire enterprise. It serves Blue and Pro and, uh, and E. So all three teams are working very, very well together. Uh, let me give you an example of how interconnected this is and how important this is. We didn't want three different software teams, for example, uh, because that would we would lose a ton of synergy if we did that. So Blue Cruise is one of our coolest first generation software products. The All the Blue Cruise uh, installations that have happened on the vehicles out there, F-150, just by the sheer scale, uh, more Blue Cruise uh, software has landed on F-150 than any other vehicle, uh, which is a Ford Blue vehicle, of course. Uh, of all the Blue Cruise enabled vehicles we will ship uh, over next year or so, over 40% are going to be Ford Blue vehicles. So Ford Blue is dependent on and thrives on the software that's designed by Model E. So the three teams are working very, very closely together. Ford Pro is an amazing business for us. Uh, and the Ford Blue manufacturing team builds those vehicles for, uh, for Ford Pro. So very collaborative. Are there uniquenesses? Of course there are. I mean, the, the internal combustion engine calibration teams are exclusively part of Ford Blue, and the bath propulsion systems are exclusively part of Model E. But those things are so separated on how the propulsion systems work there's really, I wouldn't call it a competition in any way, shape, or form. Kumar Galhotra is president of Ford Blue. He spoke with automotive news reporter Michael Martinez for our Talk from the Top series. You can read more of their conversation and other conversations with top industry leaders at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as around Hans Grimel and Vince Bond Jr., in addition to David Kennedy of Automotive News Canada for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, tech and innovation, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with the CEO of digital titling startup Champ Titles, if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.